Hello everybody and welcome back to Lean More Info, a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games and TV shows. I'm your host Nate and today I'm joined by guest hosts James and Fergus. How's everybody doing today? Obviously, you know, we, uh, we took a week off last week, uh, but we are back to bring you some of this week's news and topic discussions. Obviously, last time uh, we delved into properties we'd like to see made into games, and we had some very interesting choices, including penguins. Thanks for that, James, again. That was a very interesting choice indeed. But this week, we'll be rolling into some of our favourite stories in games. Now, obviously, uh, just to preface, this will be... Um, spoilers so basically obviously talk about these stories then the spoilers will need to be involved so um if if a game is mentioned uh just come back about three or four minutes later and then we'll just probably roll on to the next game so just we're just going to preface that at the beginning for you but before we get into that and before we get into the usual news how are you guys doing today i am good thanks um this week i have been mostly drunk or at least this weekend um I watched a good thing on Netflix whilst hungover, uh, Metal Lords. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, yeah, uh, I've seen it on Netflix advertised, yeah. Yeah, I do recommend it. It is, I say, for casual hungover watching, very good. I um, I ended up watching every single Resident Evil film on Sunday. Gosh. Like, yeah, I watched one to six and I was like... Yeah, they're not as bad as people say. I'll be honest with you. Five isn't. Five is probably the least of my favorites because it's set in like some simulation city. But yeah, uh, how about yourself, James? Yeah, I pretty much spent the weekend hungover as well, and uh, I blame Focus for that. Thank you. Yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm all good. Looking forward to the Easter break. Yes. Uh, have you guys uh, got the extra holiday days, or are you just taking the four days? Just the four days for me. I think that's yeah. cool. That's cool. But yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like, you know, with the Easter holidays, it'll be a nice break, to be honest. But anyway, that's great to hear, guys. Uh, hopefully the hangover has finally left you, at least by yesterday, because, you know, our age and everything and the hangover is kicking in much harder. I remember having a three-day hangover once. It was not pleasant. <laughs> but yes, so, people, we are now going to get into the news. Right, so with the news people, we uh, generally go through a few topics each week. These include uh, movies, TV shows, and video games. We do a brief rundown on each of them, and then we go, and then we will hop on to the main topic afterwards. We will have a tiny, tiny interval in between the news and the main topics. So if you want to take a little break, we will get into that. But going on to our first topic for today is The Batman is coming to Blu-ray on May 24th. It also comes on to HBO... Uh, max next week i don't know if this means it will come on to now tv uh but it'll be interesting to see hopefully people can finally watch the film uh some of us can pause the film now and go take a bathroom break and like james as he said before he was the only person who avoided the bathroom the entire three-hour movie but i'm really looking forward to people seeing this film it was i thought it was brilliant i'm really looking forward to see where they go next they're still doing physical copies of films. Uh, yeah, it's coming to Blu-ray, 4K, Ultra HD, and DVD on May 24th. I'm hoping for a like six-hour behind-the-scenes with that as well. I mean, they did release the um, the deleted scene with um, the Joker, well, or Proto. I, I don't know what they're calling him, but um, I, I actually quite enjoyed that. To be honest, I, I think I could see why they took it out, but uh, it was interesting that they released it like. A week later after the film came out that was a very interesting release but i see that hbo doing this whole thing of releasing their movies 
uh, or Warner Brothers, sorry, uh, like 45 days after the film comes out in cinemas. So obviously last year and during the pandemic, they were releasing their films day one. Uh, but it'll be, be interesting to see. And um, I know, uh, so supposedly there is a list of features. Um, Vengeance in the Making, Vengeance Meets Justice, The Batman Genesis, Becoming Catwoman, Looking for Vengeance, Anatomy of the Car Chase, which was badass. I'll be honest with you, that car chase was pretty awesome. Anatomy of the Wingsuit, which is probably the most realistic like flight suit for Batman. Until he lands, as James would know. <laughs> um, it ends with a big thud, an unrealistic thud. Uh, transformation for the Penguin, the Batmobile, unpacking the icons, and deleted scenes with director's commentary. I'd definitely be interested to see in the uh, director's commentary for this, to be honest. But yeah, um, really great film. I'm hoping we get like the next one within uh, a few years. And also, it'll probably be quicker because they, filmed, they did film this during COVID. So yeah. Going on to the next topic, though, which is probably the most, probably the biggest news topic out there. We never spoke about it last time, but Will Smith has been banned from the Oscars for 10 years after slapping Chris Rock. Uh, so, but it seems, though, that he'll still be able to be nominated for, for, for movies. So, yeah. Yeah, he seems to have just lost voting rights, uh, basically, and, you know, invites the parties and this sort of thing. Oh, no, what will he do with his 100,000 pound dollar gift bag i'm sure he'll be fine um they couldn't really take the oscar away from him without harming the movie that he was nominated for so i I think that's probably the most they could do to be honest yeah yeah no i definitely agree i i think like the whole netflix have paused i've i've been reading news articles about netflix pausing a couple of his projects or covers projects being paused i don't think that should happen to be honest like at the end of the day, people have done much worse. Not, yeah, not the academy, just in general, and that's gone ahead. And um, I think he's his banning is adequate. Uh, I know some people have said, "Why don't you just ban him for life instead of ten years?" Because he'll be sixty-three by the time he can go back to the academy. Also, how that will be the shortest exception acceptance speech ever if he ever wins an Oscar again, because it'll just be Will Smith can't be here to accept the Oscar uh, unless he sends a video in which will be weird, to be honest. Can he attend if he is nominated? He can't. Right? No, 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 he can't. He can't. No, he oh, can still gosh. be nominated. Right, okay. I believe it's a case of he could still be nominated, but he can't attend. So it's... Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> but yes, uh, we, we're not going to delve into the topic for long because at the end of the day, like, you know, he, he, accepted, the res- he accepted the Academy's decision, which is, you know, he sent, a, he, sent a, he sent an apology out. I've read it. It's not, it's not terrible. It did seem genuine in his apology. Um, I think there's other things going on as well, but we won't get into that. And this is a news topic which has been covered by everyone, to be honest. I think it's been over-covered. And I think now it's done. Just It's done. Let's just move on to the next thing. I, th- I think that's the best thing, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, so we, again, we will move on to the next topic then. So uh, if you've followed the Disney news recently, have you guys seen the Adam Project? No. Oh. Uh, it's a recent uh, Ryan Reynolds film, uh, and involves time travel. Uh, uh, I saw James. the trailer. Yeah, I it's trailer. really good. I highly recommend watching it. Like it's really, really good. It feels so, like a yeah. classic eighties film. I get what you mean. Um, the sort of is. The people who made it were very obviously fans of E.T., I think. Oh, yeah, it's Sean Levy who did uh, Free Guy. 
So, mm-hmm. um, and he's doing Deadpool 3 next. So, ironically, the third in the Ryan Reynolds trilogy. But um, the kid who plays the young Ryan Reynolds, though, uh, Walker Scobell, has been cast in the role of Percy Jackson for the Disney Plus upcoming Disney Plus TV show. Uh, I was okay with the f- films that came out, but I know a lot of people weren't because Percy Jackson was older than he should have been. Um, they did deviate from the books from what I know, from what I've been told by people. Uh, I was fine with um, the character that I can't remember, Logan Lerman, I believe it was uh, in the lead role back then. But uh, Walker Scobell, uh, I thought he was really funny and he had a pretty interesting attitude and acting ability against Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds even came out today and said, congratulations, Walker. I guess that makes me the older Percy Jackson then. So, you know, look at it in two ways, to be honest. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to see where this goes. I'm wondering if it will cover all the books in the end. I know the um, I know the author is uh, Rick uh, Rick Riordan is um, said that he is the Walker is already a Percy Jackson super fan. And he is actually working on the project as well, the creator of the book. So hopefully it'll be more authentic. And I know Disney Plus are killing it with their shows at the moment. I don't know if you guys have watched Moon Knight yet, but I think that show is, yeah, it's it's brilliant at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's um, it's, it's quite light, actually. It's uh, but, I mean, in terms of it's quite humorous. It's got quite a humorous tone. The whole thing yes. It's, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, and um, confusing light, light as watching. fuck. That's true, yeah. But which is good, which is really good. Um, I definitely recommend a Fergus down like maybe when it's all out. It's only six episodes as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm really looking forward. Really looking, really looking forward to him on the side. There's some banging in the background, face some uh, construction going on. Uh, so we are now going on to the next topic. Uh, I'm moving on from Percy Jackson onto another TV field. Uh, Ahsoka, the Star Wars uh TV show that's coming out for the spin-off from The Mandalorian. Obviously, spin-off from Rebels as well. Uh, Spider-Verse director Peter Ramsey will direct at least one episode from the new Star Wars TV show. Uh, this makes me very hopeful because they seem to be getting very, very good directors uh, for this. So I'm hoping this goes down really well, to be honest. Um, the episode count hasn't been revealed yet and uh, the additional directors haven't been revealed. But I'm hoping that Bryce Dallas Howard comes back for it because she did some amazing work with The Mandalorian. I know James doesn't care because, as he calls it, it's Star Trek. It's his running joke with Star oh, Wars. I, I've got nothing against Star Wars. It's just, uh, I just like to poke for bears, I call it, because it's got so much uh, further around it. I know it's the spot it's been can trigger people. Yeah, I, don't no, mean, I, I don't mean I don't mean any of it. It's, it's completely fine. No, I, I get I get you. I get you completely, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I'm, and I think Into the Spider-Verse was amazing. Uh, but yeah, no, just going off the Into the Spider-Verse thing, though, I'm really looking forward to Cross the Spider-Verse, part one and part two when it comes out. I know um, a lot of people loved Into the Spider-Verse. Some people hadn't seen it. Um, a few people on this podcast hadn't seen it, to be honest, uh, and they did finally, and they absolutely loved it. But going on to the next topic, people, I'm. Uh, they released the Stranger Things season four trailer today. Uh, it was set to Separate Ways by Jenny. And ironically, the first time I heard that film uh, song was with uh, Tron Legacy. Uh, So this obviously set still during the 80s, I believe. Uh, It's continuing on from season three, which was at least two years ago now, two and a half years ago. I don't know if you guys have been watching Stranger Things. Not been watching it, but I am aware of the free LC that has come out to promote the series on Far Cry 6, I want to say. 
Um, I've uh, yeah, I've heard about this. To be honest, I still I I've been I've been playing um, Far Cry Six, but I haven't actually played that yet. So it'd be interesting to see. To be honest, I mean, yeah, myself, I have seen all three uh, Stranger Things series. It's been quite some time um, before the last one finished, I believe. Yeah, no, it was a, uh, it was quite a while ago. Uh, I'm just gonna double check that. It was before uh, COVID. Oh yeah, Jesus, it was, wasn't it? Uh, so Stranger Things season three was, oh, it's 2019, July 4th, 2019. So what they're doing is with season four though is they're actually releasing in two parts. So they're releasing the first few episodes. Um, on may 27th and then the other half on uh the second five on uh july 1st so obviously it will, will literally be three years later <laughs> uh when this venture comes out but the way the, sh- the show's going it's going to be insane i don't know if you guys have watched the trailer uh, not because i want to no. stay clear of spoilers it's yeah i was be honest with you james they are go- they are going full there's going to be a lot more action this season. It's going to be a lot bigger, like narrative-wise, because obviously in the end of the last season, yeah. I've seen without too many spoilers, characters went to different cities essentially. Uh, that you know they went quite quite across the country. But yes, no, uh, I'm really looking forward to see where that goes. To be honest, the cast's coming back. Um, I won't mention some names because it could be spoilers. I definitely recommend it, Fergus. Um, the first season is probably the strongest. Um, the second season not as strong, still good. Uh, the third season I really did enjoy, um, but it's just below the first season because I think the first season was such a phenomenon that it worked really well. And I'm really looking forward to see where that goes. Going on to our game section now, though. Well, my voice went really high for a second. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 was just... Oh, and, and, and Kingdom Hearts Missing Link was just, just announced out of the blue. No big event. They were just like, here's a Kingdom Hearts 4 trailer. Uh, I've not really played the Kingdom Hearts games, so I don't know if you guys have at all. I have watched a lot of people play the Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, my sister was very into it back in the day. Um, guy has a giant key. He makes friends with the Disney characters. They go on Disney-style adventures in Disney-orientated worlds. Looks like I fun. Knew, I knew that, and there's been hints at that um, Star Wars is going to be included. Oh god, yes, they've brought a whole bunch of new properties since the last one. Well, it means they? Marvel. It means Marvel can as well now. Oh god, that's but, gonna really change things, I think. Well, wasn't Marvel part of Disney like when Kingdom Hearts three came out? Possibly. This is the irony. I'm typing in the background. So Kingdom Hearts three came out in 2019. So um, yeah, it would have been part of Disney by then, if I'm correct. So that's interesting. Maybe it was just like they weren't going to put it in there, but. I saw a bit of the uh, the gameplay for it, and it does look pretty insane, to be honest. I, I was reading articles, though, that the trailer that was shown was in Unreal Engine 4, but the game is actually going to be made in Unreal Engine 5. So how, how good it looked in Unreal Engine 4, I'm wondering that's, how good it's going to look in Unreal Engine 5. That feels a bit weird to do it like that. Why would you not do the trailer in Unreal Engine 5? Because it will look like 10 could, times better wouldn't it could be that obviously they released the full slate of um the uh the state of unreal like reveal recently because obviously they revealed the recent tomb raider game that's coming out on unreal 5 um with crystal dynamics i'm wondering if maybe they developed this trailer not knowing if they were going to reveal the unreal engine 5 thing at that point so they just developed this trailer also maybe 
this is just like the best thing they have at the moment to show and then they're just they're going to be transitioning soon uh so and also i believe it is the 20th anniversary so they wanted to get it out for the 20th mm. anniversary so that's understandable as well i've not played them myself i'd like to play them in maybe like remakes down the line or something um and actually know the actual order to play them in because i've heard it can be quite confusing in playing them but uh yeah i mean i'm really looking forward to seeing where that goes to be honest moving on to our final topic though is uh halo infinite uh season two is coming out uh on may 3rd oh yeah fergus is just like yes yes (laughs) fist pump for that so it's entitled Lone Wolves. Uh, it's going to have several additions to the multiplayer portion. Uh, I presume Fergus will know more about this. Sadly uh, not. I've... Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I've, seen, I've seen tidbits of Ren more, but it's going to be including, this is uh, uh, coming from IGN um, uh, and also the official Twitter page, uh, gear up for Season 2 of Halo Infinite. Experience, experience uh, fresh content, including new maps, modes, themed time events, and all new battle pass that never expires. Uh, also, the new battle pass will allow players to earn credits to spend in the in-game shop on items, cosmetics, and even the next battle pass. Now, I like that idea. The battle pass wasn't actually that expensive, to be honest, but it was very lackluster. Yes, they, it was a bit of a slow takeoff with the battle pass, so I think they're making up for lost ground somewhat. I am very yeah. glad to hear there are new maps, though, because I'm kind of burnt out on the current map selection. <laughs> I, I stopped playing it after a while. I was actually really enjoying it. I'm, I'm wanting to know what the next story content is going to be. I think they need to reveal what... The, even just tell us what it will be. Tell us, like, you know... Because I think if they make us wait eight months for the next story content, eight, nine months for a game that's supposed to be going on for ten years, that shouldn't go in that way, to be honest. Because also, the campaign wasn't that long. And it felt very condensed. Like, even though it was an open-world map. Yeah, it depends where they're focusing. Like, if they are putting all their energy into the multiplayer stuff, the single-player stuff's going to be a bit... They do it like their regular releases. Like, they were releasing one every couple of years, I want to say, two, three years. It's not going to be yeah. that bad, but yeah, I suspect we're probably looking at one a year. Yeah, definitely. And uh, uh, 343 Community Director Brian Gerard. Has uh, believe that's pronounced them on Reddit posted. We understand the community is simply out of patience, and frankly, I think understandably tired of words. We just have some new. T- we just need some time for the team to get the details sorted, and we will certainly share as much as we can. This is actually in relation to the lack of co- content that the community has seen. As just mentioned, like it did seem to go like you know to a certain point, like items were like you had to be level twenty to get a shoulder pad, and then the left shoulder pad was level 90 or something which was weird to me yeah no it was messy <laughs> it was not good but i'm really really looking forward to see where it goes and it's coming out in a few weeks time uh same week as dr strange and the multiverse of madness which by the way check out people we will be doing a spoiler review and a podcast dedicated to that movie because it's going to be interesting and it's only two hours long it's it's a two-hour film, so maybe I could just get through the film. Maybe I could just get through the film if I go into the bathroom. So yes, people. Right. That is the news, people. That is the news. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions 
Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, A Spy's Tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. And that was the news, people. That was the news. Uh, some very interesting topics there. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the Batman. But we are now going to go on to the main topic, people. The main topic. So just to preface again, as we mentioned at the start of the podcast, we will be talking spoilers for video games. So if the game is mentioned that you don't want to listen to, uh, come back about five minutes later. Also, when we post this up, we will put a list uh, of some of the games that we talked about just so people are not going to be spoiled as much. So they don't have to worry about coming in to figure out what's going on. Uh, it's going to be interesting here because me and James have just got games in a list, games we're going to do. But Fergus, uh, bless his heart, uh, has got so many games he wants to talk about. He has placed them into three categories. Fergus, do you want to give us those three categories? So, I yeah, I, I had too many games on my list. So I've kind of categorized them into big budget action. So this is like big AAA mainstream games with good stories top visual novels which by you know are very very story based by definition and mini adventures with good stories so this is more the indie games double a single a story games nice nice i whereas i'm just like i like this game story And James is not like, yeah, it's pretty much the same. But I have five games myself. Well, I have actually um, six games, but some of them are linked, essentially. Uh, So um, we'll go into that. But uh, and Fergus has like 12, if I believe. Yes, there is 12 in that list. Yeah, so you've got four per list, I'm guessing. Mm, Ish. Ish, people. (laughs) Ish, best way to go. But I guess, well, well, we will start it off then. Fergus... Do you want to give us your first category of story games? So we're going straight in with big budget, AAA, big action stories. Um, Leading this list is, of course, Cyberpunk 2077. Very story based. I'm sure a lot of people have played it or are in the process of wanting to play it at the moment. It is really good. It is a really immersive world. Um, So you make your own character. So you the player are very much the person who is driving and experiencing the story as opposed to being a character. You can pick one of three starting paths. So corpo, corporate, uh, street kid, and nomad, I believe, which give you the first 10 hours as quite different stories. As I said, there's a lot of overlap for, you know, narrative plot reasons but so if we're going fully into spoilers uh you are hired to get this uh chip implant uh and steal it from a rival corporation or just a corporation depending on where in the game you start sneak into a hotel with your mate and you're like accidentally witness the assassination of the emperor because this world has the, um, I guess it's Japan, Emperor of Japan. Um, uh, you get away with the chip, but you have to put it in your head to, you know, stop it being taken or 
destroyed or what have you. Um, so there's some sad moments there. Let's say he, significant characters die. It's all very emotional. They say you got just spent ten hours getting to know your friend, and then he dies on you. So it's there's a lot of emotion, and but your friend is then replaced by Keanu Reeves as a hologram that he lives inside your head, who is trying to kill you. <laughs> Which is an interesting narrative driving force. Um, makes it feel like you've got kind of a limited time to get things done. So it's kind of like a push factor. But of course, the world opens up into so many, so many really good um, side quests, main story quests. Like you'll you'll meet um, a very wide range of people. Uh, I. After my playthrough, I've watched other people do streams of Cyberpunk, and they are not playing the same game that I did. Um, like, your choices do make quite a big difference. Like, you will meet the same people, and you'll end up doing the same missions, but they will branch off into other missions, like, which the way how you start off will affect the missions you get and the story options. So... It's a very good world to kind of make your own story in this world. So going past that 10 hours, you will have your own individual experience. So, I mean, you can play it however you want. I say it's brilliant. I know a lot of people are skeptic about it because of the launch, but play it. Definitely play it. I am. Um, no, I, I, I get it, dude. I, I know James really likes that game. I know, are you still playing it, James? Oh, no, no. I finished it a few months ago, but um, I, do, I do like it. I do recommend it. Um, I feel it's not as good in the story department as the Witcher games, but it is still CD Projekt Red, and I still think it's um, top level in terms of storytelling because uh, they are fantastic at what they do on that uh, basis. Uh, for one criticism I will, will have, actually, but that's interesting, which might mean what you said, Fergus, it might have to replay it, but when I was playing Cyberpunk, as opposed to Witcher games, I wasn't sure whether my actions were influencing things or changing things. Whereas the Witcher makes it very clear that your um, choices have changed the game. So it sounds like a lot of it is more um, hidden, that aspect of it. Yeah, I I didn't realise quite how much until I watched someone else play it. Um, So the starting seeds of quite a lot of the main story-ish quests are the same. But for each of these main quests, you must have, like, five six endings potentially or paths through it yeah no i i still haven't completed it i'll be honest i was like three missions towards the end but with the ps5 um update i decided to go back and start replaying i've been playing some other games though recently and like lego star wars um but i'm gonna go back and complete cyberpunk at some point because i'm also still trying to complete Elden ring but yeah a cyberpunk i'm very interested to see where it finishes to be honest and i know James and Jordan want to have like a maybe a discussion later on about the ending of that game as well. There are quite a few endings. Like, I still don't believe it, but I know I just that, yeah, there are some quite exotic endings that you wouldn't just believe if you, I, you know. I have read up on the endings after I completed the game, the other ones. But I really, I really like the ending that I got because it felt, it felt perfectly thematic with my character. So, yeah, I I um, ended up going into cyberspace and freeing everyone from some AIs, I think, in the end. 
apparently you could end up in space, which is, must be a huge area of the game that I <laughs> did not see. Anyway, moving on from Cyberpunk, uh, also on this list, Oblivion slash Skyrim. I think we've probably talked about this before. Um, similar sort of vein. You can create a very good world for you to create your own stories. Um, for me, Far Cry 4 was a really good story game. I think I connected with it quite well. Um, so it's probably one of the first Far Cry's I got really into. So I, I, I again, would recommend that. Um, also, the Hitman series is really good. Um, I would very, very recommend Hitman. Um, so you can approach these, this is the main story in quite a lot of different ways, but you will get the same plot points and, you know, discover new things each time. So there's quite a few extra bits and bobs in there to discover. Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely agree there, to be honest. Those, those games are awesome. Um, ah, uh, just, it's interesting to see where you're going with this list of you. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. I will say I don't 100% agree with you on the Elder Scrolls. So, but only only because, maybe it's called CD Projekt Red, but um, I think the Witch's writing kind of shows up a lot of Bethesda stuff. There's good stuff within Bethesda's games, but some, some of the stories frustrate me. Uh, we're going complete other discussion about Fallout, but, but that story frustrated the heck out of me because... It started off with so much promise and should have gone into an interesting direction and then didn't. Um, so yeah, I do, I do feel, I, I, I do feel writing is not as good as other fantasy games. It's certainly very different. Um, less led, I guess. Um, so the Witcher games are very, you are playing as Geralt, so you, you lead the life of Geralt, which ha- already has connections. Whereas so the Bethesda games, you make your own characters, you kind of have to make your own connections. So it's... Although, although again, I think CD Projekt Red showed up, there was the story department with Cyberpunk, where you're are a less defined person. You can choose mm. three different paths. It is not um, a Geralt in Cyberpunk. So... Um, for a while, I used to do it. I think CD Projekt Red have shown shown how to do it. Yeah, yeah. Is that uh, is that is that your final one from the big budget games, Fergus? That is big budget. Yes. Nice, uh, James. Uh, I believe you have four or five James. Uh, I've got five I can mention. I've got three honourable mentions when we get around to those, but uh, certainly five I'll talk about in a bit more depth. Uh, so I'll start with the original Deus Ex. The reason why I want to start with that, I can be critical of this one, but I am bringing this one up. I am starting with this because, in my mind, this is the first game which really made me think just how good games could be as story medium. And I didn't think before first Deus Ex that games could be this uh, really good story medium. But I first got Deus Ex. Now, that is convoluted, unfortunately, with stories. That is my criticism with it. But there's a heck of a lot of depth in there, and there's a heck of a lot of player choice, uh, which was one which was quite new to me at the time. I mean, I think this was released in 2000. So, yeah, you've got a very in depth story, all about conspiracies essentially, set in 2052. Lots, basically, think of it as what would happen 
if every conspiracy in the world was true. It gets quite crazy at times, but it's uh, it's really engaging. It's really good. There's a lot of uh, like political and uh, philosophical kind of conversations you can have with various NPCs, and it's uh, it's a game which, which could get, get get you thinking. Um, and I like stories which make you think. So. Yeah, no, uh, and also they had that recent news article about their sex, the original film script and everything. Never fully that read that for, script. Yeah. yeah, That was for Human Revolution. That's cool. Uh, I loved the Deus Ex game. I played uh, Mankind Divided and Human Revolution, and I unfortunately didn't play the the original games, so maybe they might do a remake eventually, or I don't know, with that series. I'm um, hoping they might do another one, uh, see where it goes. But that is your first one, James, correct? That is, yes. That's awesome. Right. Going on to my first one, uh, and then back onto Fergus's topic, uh, or topic section in itself. Uh, I'm going to talk about um, Morden Solus. Now, if you know that name, you have played Mass Effect, the Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, Morden Solus was a Salarian uh, in the uh, Mass Effect trilogy who was responsible for the genophage of the uh, Krogan species, basically not uh, re- heavily reducing the birth rate of Krogans. Uh, and at the end of three, or in three, there's a plot point where they go back to um to Chunka, I believe that's the planet, uh, where <clears throat> they have a cure for the genophage essentially, and they decide to release it. The problem is though is that the the scene it just gets me <laughs> to this day. Uh, when Morden Solus goes uh, into this huge tower to like release it, like um aerosol like in the atmosphere, uh, of his atmosphere processor, he dies. In the process, he uh, sacrifices himself to uh, to release to basically uh, reverse his actions of the genophage and you know actually do that. And I've just been reading up and everything. Supposedly, he does leave some notes to Commander Shepard afterward, uh, just like some of his things that the player can find. But just the the scene in general and how he talks and everything, and just up until the point where the tower explodes and. Uh, I just I just thought it was beautiful. Uh, the music in it was amazing. So we were all about Mass Effect Three, but I think that was just it was, oh, it was just stunning. To be honest, absolutely stunning. Um, yeah, honestly, people uh, definitely play that game. It was. I know people have issues with the ending, but I still think up until, up until the end, like the last ten fifteen minutes, it's it's the best game in the trilogy. I don't care what people say. Like it is the best game. Uh, quickly to go on on that though, Mass Effect Three. I did really love there's a section near the end where um they're having to charge the uh the lift the gravity lift essentially to go up to the system and there's just it's just this like one minute sequence of just charging at this lift everyone's running it's exploding everywhere and the reapers are there and it, it it's just so intense and i remember playing it back in 2012 2013 where um it felt much longer like the the cinematics that were going on the action that was going on it felt so much longer uh but when it came to uh playing the legend legendary edition it's actually quite short compared to what i thought it was but it still had the same impact which is really awesome to see a game that was like you know almost 10 years old and still having the same impact but yeah those are my favorite story elements from mass effect 3 i definitely recommend it people and there's so much within that game that goes on as one well, so much within that trilogy i know a lot of people love the suicide uh, story within mass effect 2 but i do prefer mass effect 3 myself so yeah that is uh that is my first one i'm going to shift the category back over to fergus now i say i agree the mass effect series was really good uh i played them all you could um add like you could add elements from your like first 
from one to two to three. I, I did that the whole way through. I was great. Brilliant. On to top visual novels. Um, as you may know from previous episodes, I have been playing Steins Gate recently. Uh, I've got a bit further with it. Uh, I must be about 15 or so hours in. Um, I Probably not even halfway through at this point, but it's really good. Like, yeah. There's a lot of mystery to solve. Um, and you're sort of like exper- very much experiencing a world, getting to know the people. Um, and right, so basic plot. Science student in Akihabara, Tokyo, maybe 2010-ish. So this is a fairly specific culture in the sort of anime sphere. You'll know what I mean, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, accidentally invents a time machine out of a microwave uh, and discovers that he can send emails back in time. Uh, but when they change his time, he's the only person who remembers that time has changed. So there's a lot of, like, is he changing time? Is he actually mad? This sort of speculation going on. Um, so the way the character is, he could well be mad, but we haven't found out yet. Um, so it, I'm assured that it, there is, the decisions you make um, do affect the way the story goes, but you make decisions by re- re- like replying to random texts that you get on your phone from other characters. And you can select responses based on keywords from that text. It doesn't appear to have any like difference, but I think by the end of the 60 hours, like it's going to be absolutely massive because they keep going on about the butterfly effect. So, so do these texts come? Do these texts come through different times essentially, or is it like? No, just the characters in the world that you're, you're just sort of hanging out with your mates in Tokyo as a student, right? So you'll get a text from Betsy the maid down the cafe saying, oh, do you want some dinner? And you say yes, or what were you doing last night? And that that sort of the response, depending on what you give there, will add a, like, a cumulative effect to the story. Um, so it takes a very long time to get going, but it is very engaging if you've got maybe 60 hours. <laughs> yeah, with games getting like stupidly long. I mean, I'm in Elden Ring and I've done about 92 hours so far and I've still Gosh. not completed it. Yeah, uh, I could I could mainline it, but I mean, Death Stranding was like 70 hours for me. So, yeah. So for me, judging by my ability on Souls games. 91 hours on Elden Ring, I'd probably not get past the tutorial. I mean, I'll be honest with you, dude. I'll be honest with you. Try Elden Ring out because I have been terrible at Souls-like games. Like, I've been, I've, you know, I've never been great at them. And I finally play it. I think the fact it's open world, you have so many save locations that you go back to and you can you can teleport around the map. I think I think you'd actually enjoy it, to be honest. It is a challenge, but you can also like do like ruin farming, which is the currency to level up. You can just go to a certain location and just like kill something, reload, and you know, keep doing that, which is fine to do, to be honest. But yeah. I think I, I'd be interested to see how you take it to be honest. Maybe when it's a bit cheaper, maybe maybe give it a go. Yeah, I might wait till it's on sale. Yeah. So moving on to the next top visual novel. Uh, Tokyo Dark. Uh, I believe this is a Square Enix game. Uh, I got it on sale some years ago, but my God, 
Um, this is more interactive. Um, so you are more involved in uh, conversational choices and solving crimes. It's more point and click rather than just pressing spacebar and answering your phone. But it is really good. Um, in terms, right? In terms of the story, uh, you are a detective. Um, I can't remember the exact premise for it, but basically, you're in Tokyo. You have a case to find a missing girl who's suspected to be seen in Tokyo somewhere. Pick up clues. You do things that will like affect your. Are you good? Are you bad? Are you reckless? Which will affect the outcomes of the story told to you. To me, it turned out the girl was actually the last survivor of a mass suicide cult. Had been then taken. I know. I know. Had been then taken in by some um, idol producers. So I mean, this is kind of like pop idols, this sort of thing. Abused put in a dungeon, uh, and then we had to take her to um, the Shinto version of hell so she could then return to the family that committed suicide. It's just... Ugh, Jesus Christ, yeah, like... <laughs> that was quite a trip, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll save you the trauma, but <laughs> quite a lot of these... It's uh, the name of dark being dark, then. Yes, absolutely. Um, it is worth saying the visual novel genre can get like extreme uh, in places, so be careful. You're fine on Steam if you're buying them. Not on Steam. Check what you're buying. <laughs> um, moving on from that, again, pretty extreme. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. I'm sure most people will have heard about this, uh, and you don't. No, I've never heard of this. Do you want it spoiled? Because I mean, again, I'll be, I'll be serving you the same sort of trauma. This is spoilers, people. This is spoilers, people. <laughs> so yeah, we, we we will go with it. Okay, Doki Doki Literature Club. Stop spoilers. Um, so, uh, kind of presents itself to be like a dating sim visual novel where you you're in a high school. You sort of join the local poetry club with your high school, but like your old mate, best friend, and you sort of hang out with the girls and you know chat to them and stuff. But um, a lot of, again, quite disturbing things happen, mainly around the characters committing suicide or being abused and stuff. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll make you fall for one of the girls and then kill them on you. Um, mate, again, I know, I know. Um, it turns out the head of the club has actually become herself aware that she's in a game and has manipulated the other characters because she wants to win the game and be with you. The end, like the original version of the game, would actually manipulate the files on your actual PC to sort of, you know, bring up notepads saying "I love you" and this sort of stuff. So it really, really freaked people out originally. There's been a remake recently with a bunch of extra content, which kind of has a pseudo version of this. Um, but yeah, the head of the um, the head of the club is uh, Total Psycho, and you spend a total eternity with her. And you Yay. can't escape. I think again, the original version, you couldn't actually even close the game; so you had to restart your computer or something like it was. Jesus Christ! <laughs> again, it gets so much worse than this. But this is yeah, 
the most memorable probably for the wrong reason that's that's insane to be honest that is absolutely insane yeah uh also honorable mention to higarashi when they cry is also a visual novel series again probably more extreme than the tv series which is also pretty extreme and yeah it's generally the same plot i would recommend it it's pretty cheap now i'll probably get the whole series for maybe a tenner now nice um, but yeah that's visual novels <laughs> and we will go on to fergus's final category after we go into james if i don't know if you want to run a couple of with james now yeah cool i'm just one two off yeah sure go ahead yeah okay so first one i'll do is for witcher 2 so obviously we could talk a lot about for witcher 3 and I think most people probably played Witcher 3 over the others. But Witcher 2, for me, was the first game which knocked Deus Ex off my top spot of best you know, game experience. And by that, I mean story experience. So Witcher 2 did some really bold things in the realm of storytelling. One of those is that there's essentially two separate games. There's an early choice where you can go off with one character or the other character and like two whole acts of a game, next two acts of a game are very different. They're kind of on opposing sides. Now, I've only played one character's side of it, so I just know from reading up, up what the other side of it is, but it is completely different stories. But yeah, all those stories link into the grand narrative. But from, so for me, Witcher 2 is like a, um, obviously it's a fantasy game, but it's also got a very historical style, like I sort of call it like, almost like an historical thriller. Um, and with that aspect that I've really got invested in, because again, you've got so much choice in the game. You can either go around the typical Geralt route of being, trying to be neutral to politics, or you can be like me and go all in on the political side of the story, which for me was really, really thrilling because it felt that you, you really do like build up that kind of um, story connection with you and the other character who you are uh, panning with, essentially. And so by the end of it, you're, with my version of story anyways, it was me and that other character basically uh, trying to save Tamaria, which is the country you were um, you were working for at the beginning of the game. And it's, yeah, it was just such a great experience the whole way through. All your choices felt like they had weight to them. And the story I found was really engaging and, and the story sets up The Witcher 3. So would you say that you prefer The Witcher 2 to The Witcher 3? Ha, that is something which I've struggled with ever since The Witcher 3 came out. Uh, it's gone back and forth to a point where I'm just going to put them both as equal. Nice. Interesting. But in some story, I'm going to put The Witcher 2 just because of my experience with it was just so good but it's like a thread there above because the witch free is also amazingly good so if we're going to choose another game i'm going to go with prey the new one um again, that was good. It, it was good it does some really bold stuff again in some which you can't really do storytelling wise in other mediums so again we are talking spoilers so have either of you played the game of interest? You, you have, Nate? I, 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 I didn't finish it, but I know how it ends as well. That's so, cool. yeah. How about you, Fergus? Which one? Which are two? Prey. Prey. I played the original Prey. 
Like, I've not played the new Prey. I believe okay. they're very different. Yeah. Oh, very, very different, yeah. to be honest. Like. Okay. I'm not going to go into too much spoilers because I think you, I think you should um, play it, Fergus. It's really good. But what I'll say is it's kind of... It feels more like one of the one of the shot games, like you know, like like Bioshock, but in terms of, but it has more of a psychological aspect in, instead of the biological aspect. So you can choose like first upgrades to yourself. You can either upgrade yourself with alien um, aspects of your psychology, which gives you different powers, or you can focus on more human aspects. And all of this kind of like ties into um, how we're already playing and kind of like reacts. Uh, and it's going into a psychological aspect again. It's a bit of a mindfuck the whole way through, and it, it does the whole way through is basically a mindfuck. It continually playing uh, with nicely playing with stuff which you wouldn't expect, and it's kind of um, I don't want to give spoilers of this one because Fergus, I want you to play it mm. and go okay. in without knowing too much. Okay. I will look out for it to the next. Oh, in fact, I'll wish list it after this. Nice. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. And it's very cheap now. So you can get it for like two, three quid at times, I believe, or at least five or so. I definitely recommend it because it's about four or five years old now, is what I want to say. Yeah, it goes quick. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, let's double check that because I was. I think it is about four or five years old. Uh, so Prey came out. Yeah, 2017. Jesus. Yeah, it is five years old. Uh, May 5th. So yeah, just around the corner. Uh, thank you very much, James. Um, so that was The Witcher 2 and Prey. Uh, it has a very interesting story and it definitely uh, relates to something else we've spoken about before. We'll let Fergus play it first and then we can have a discussion later because it does uh, loop back to something we spoke about before. But going on to mine, I'm just going to run a couple more off. So uh, technically this will be three games, but uh, I'm going to start off with The Last of Us games. Uh, so I know James hasn't played these, but he's going to probably watch a YouTube like movie of it eventually. Oh no, he's going to watch the TV series. Uh, I won't go into it to too much detail because I don't want it to spoil it for you. Um, I will say, I don't know if you're fine with me, the, the beginning of the show, oh, cool. the beginning again. Okay, cool. So that game is interesting because I've seen so many men, um, which is good to be honest, showing, you know, you can be emotional in a game and just so many people in general, the first 10 minutes of the game. I don't know if you know, have done if you've played The Last of Us, Fergus. I haven't. Um, I am vaguely aware they might turn into just mushroom zombies. Yeah, with... so it is based on a real parasitic thing, uh, a virus thing where it infects ants and takes over their brain and everything, fungi, uh, and it mutates to humanity. But basically, in the first 15 minutes of the game, you start off playing as the daughter, uh, and then the world just starts going to shit. People come through the house smashing, uh, driving away, the city's just exploding, there's madness. Uh, the daughter gets injured when their car crashes and then you take over as Joel uh, and then they're running away and um, they see an army man uh, and you think, oh, OK, he's going to you know protect them and everything. But then the guy gets a command saying he has to basically no one's allowed past at all. And he he, he shoots at them. And it's oh, OK, you know, just army's a dick, basically. But no, it turns out he killed his daughter. He killed the he killed the girl within the first 10, 15 minutes of the game, the daughter, Sarah. And it was just really emotional because, you know, she's she's like gasping and crying and, you know, it's... And he just... She she just got him this watch and everything for the game, uh, for a gift and everything. And it was just so weird, the first 10, 15 minutes, to have something that impactful happen that quickly. 
Uh, and then obviously it goes on to 20 years later and him, you know, he's more he's more bitter now and the world's gone to shit and he's having to take care of Ellie throughout this entire game. And it does create this father-daughter aspect as it goes through the game. He doesn't like her at first, but then it builds up and everything and he comes to love her. And when it goes into these... And I feel that even though the games are set like five, six years apart, I feel that they are one story because there are events that happen in one that are the main driving force of two. Now I will not go into two as much because it's it's more relatively new game, and I highly recommend even just watching it. I know people have probably cut a YouTube version of this game up, uh, and there's some controversy with some of the characters with Abby, uh, voiced by Laura Bailey, which was bullshit in my opinion. Don't don't do that shit, people. She was amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, just uh, it was so good. It, it, honestly, I highly recommend playing. I know uh, Jordan, uh, he he loves the games on here. Uh, but honestly, those two games together, I do, I do class them as one story. They are two, but I do class them as one long narrative. And if you get the chance, people go, go and play it. That it's, it's, it's so good. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where HBO go with it. Because if HBO continue doing what they're doing, and they've got the Chernobyl uh, director working on it, and obviously Pedro Pascal as uh, Joel and uh, Bella Ramsey, I want to say her name is as Ellie, and how they've got Nick Offerman from. Um, parks and recreation in it as well which is was weird casting to me i'm really looking forward to see where they go to be honest and i'm wondering if each season will be a different like season within the year or it will be just like one year and then two or three episodes will be per season because the game takes place over four seasons both of them do so that's my first uh section uh the next one is knights of the republic had to talk about this game because I think this game series is amazing. Uh wasn't as fun of two, because uh, I can't remember two as much, but I think we all know where I'm going with this, people. But the fact that you were playing as the villain, the original villain the entire time in the whole game, uh, Rhett, you were playing as Darth Revan. Uh, and the Jedi wiped your mind at the start of the game and you became this blank slate character. I, I, I love the fact that they wiped the character's memory and you created this character from scratch, ironically, a blank slate. Because interestingly, he was white. He had his memory wiped, or she had a memory wiped. And just the review, it, it's not until like near the end of the game that you do finally find out that like this actually happened to you, and you actually have to go up against your uh, previous apprentice. Now, I still think this is one of the best in that's ever happened in gaming. Uh, I know they're doing the remake uh, for Kotor. I'm wondering how that's going to play out because obviously some people might not know how it's going to play out, and I'm wondering. Revan was kind of made canon again because I know there was some reference to him in episode nine. Uh, but I'm wondering if they'll make official canon later on because I'd love a film series of this, a free film trilogy of like going off to fight the Mandalorian Wars um, against the Jedi, uh, the fall of Revan, and then the um, the uh, you know the uh, coming back into the light essentially, or or the gray at least. But yeah, no, I I it's such a good game. That was the first game I ever played on my Xbox as well. And I thought, and I've been waiting to play it for ages on my PC, but I finally got to play it, and it was one of the best reveals in gaming ever. And I'm so glad that it was that long ago that spoilers weren't going to happen. So, because if that got spoiled for me, it would have ruined the game for me. And I think it was one of the best story elements in the game. So yeah, that was uh, my couple of games. We're going to swing it back over to Fergus's final category now. Uh, so this is mini adventures with good stories. So this is kind of the indie category. There might be this, yeah, this, yeah, this, these are quite different from each other, really. 
Um, again, mentioned in a previous podcast, I've been playing Corpse Party, which again has an anime. Uh, but this is made in RPG Maker. So it's, it takes a lot from the visual novel side of things, but you're sort of an 8 bit character, well, wandering around a school. The plot is that you are some high school kids, you're a group of people. Uh, so there's maybe seven, eight, nine, ten of you, I think, in total. So end of school term, you all get together and you do this kind of like spooky ritual to be friends forever. But an earthquake happens at the same time, which makes the ritual go bad. And you end up in a haunted school that lives only in this world. So you can't escape. Um, you basically have to unravel the horrific murders that happened in this school that are the cause of the ghosts that are haunting you. Like it, it, it's, um, yeah, so there's five chapters. You, you take a variety of, um, uh, yeah, you can switch between characters or you take um, like different characters' narratives to sort of unravel more. You sort of all, well... It depends which paths you take, but you can get out and together and stuff. I think I got the bad ending in the end, and I think everyone died. But uh, <laughs> it's good. It's very much. It's very worth your time. Again, it is ghosts, trauma, this sort of stuff. So blood, guts. Um, again, there is an anime series out there, but it, I think it's quite hard to find because it's kind of hardcore. Uh, but Again, I would recommend it um, out there on Steam. Next up, Hellblade, Suana's Suana's Sacrifice. Again, mentioned in a previous episode. Really, truly a great uh, storytelling. It wasn't any longer than it needed to be. You could be involved with the character. You could discover about the world. The world was good. The fighting mechanics were really good. Um, It was a really um, affecting story as well like so i do i'm into audio so they um like th- like 3d spatial audio attempts to do the whole voices in your head thing really really added to the experience um of course they're making a sequel coming soon i honestly didn't believe that would uh happen but uh i am quite hyped for that there is one other on this list um, it's an interesting take because Helltaker. Um, You're really into your dark, hellish games, aren't you, Fergie? These are the ones that have left impressions on me. So I mean, this is what fair. ended up in that's the list. Um, everything else has been. I said this. Well, yeah. There are, I guess you're probably right. Helltaker <laughs> um, is not that bloody. Um, it is a free game made by one man uh, where you solve puzzles to free demons. Uh, basically, you're a guy who wakes up one day and decides that you want a harem of hell demons. So you transport yourself to hell using a ritual and have to do a series of puzzles to sort of pick up these hell demons. The end of the game, you take them all back to your house, and you have to live with these terrible, terrible people. Uh, so the music's good, the characters are good. It's quite a short game, 
but the story comes from the fan community in, with this one. It's a bit of an interesting case. Um, a lot of like internet deviant art type people have kind of taken the story and run with it. So there's a lot of ongoing comic strips that are, uh, again, very much pushed by the guy who made the game. So the world of him living with the demons has just spiralled out into many, many different interpretations and narratives and ongoing stories. And I think people are actually trying to make their own visual novels based off the characters from this game. So it's kind of become a sort of like an internet seed of a devil fantasy <laughs> comic book series, I guess. So that's why it's on the list. Uh, it's quite fun. I do recommend it as a game, but basically you just have to Google it and you'll get a bunch of, you know, demon girl comic strips. It's it's really awesome people taking these games and creating their own interpretations of it as well. It's uh, it's nice to see, like, you know, the creations that people can do from that. Yeah, there's a lot of very... Um, unique and is people have very much connected with the characters they've obviously taken the characters that they want to do see see do demony things and have really i think a lot a lot of people have identified with these characters and have kind of run with it so it's kind of like it was well fan fictiony but i yeah say community stuff on the like around games in terms of creative stuff is some of the best i think that's cool. Awesome source. Uh, and that is your final one on the uh, on the list? Uh, that is the final game, yes. Any honourable mentions? No, we did all of them, I think. Ah, excellent, excellent. Well, we were going to uh, James's uh, of, uh, stories now. Oh, I, I'll talk about two, my final two. First one I'm going to talk about is a puzzle game. Yeah, no, I, I am talking about the same topic. It is stories, and I... Um, this story in a good puzzle game, which is the Talos Principle. Oh, okay, yeah, I've heard of this game. Yeah, made by some developers who've made other really great story-based games known as Serious Sam. I am joking, there is no story to those games at all. So, basically, this was a game they kind of came up with when they were making Serious Sam 4, but kind of accidentally, uh, from my understanding, had like some mechanics that they created for Series 7 4 before was, okay, actually, to work better in a puzzle game. Um, so they hired, I believe, I believe they hired somebody else to actually come up with a story for it. And the story that was written for it, I found to be incredibly intriguing. So I am going to spoil it, FYI. Ahead, yeah. But it's really, really good because it delves into uh, philosophy and religion quite a lot. And it's really kind of interesting. So the whole way, so throughout you playing the game, you have this like godlike voice telling you, like, no, so guiding you through the world. Now, there's a few different endings to the game, but to get the, I'm going to call the canon ending, you need to basically go against God in inverted commas. And what the whole thing turns out to be is that there's been an apocalypse in the real world, and what you are in the game is an AI that going on a kind of it's like these, these cycles of AI and you're one of them and it's it's like this big big like facility or which is running through iterations of AI using these puzzles as a way in order to reboot them, get them to learn and, and learn and learn. And up until the point where one of them 
gets free will. And then once it gets free will, it's like, okay, this is our new human, essentially, because it's a similar personality to a human. Now, now I have free will. I mean, like it's put into like an android or, you know, and then they become new humans, essentially. So even though this has been an apocalypse. So that's, I thought, was a very interesting twist to the game. I thought it was a really interesting take. Um, so the next one I'll talk about is Batman Arkham. Any ideas which one? Oh, it's uh, Arkham Origins. You know me too well. Yes, yep. it's going to be Arkham Origins. So that game needs to have more love, in my opinion. It really does. So I know it was buggy, and I will say that is a shame. But if we put the bugs aside, that is my favourite in the trilogy. Uh, sorry, in the quadrilogy, including Origins. And it's, I, I, I just love the story to it. I mean, it is essentially the origins of Batman and Joker. And I love all the interactions between them in the game. I think they handled that relationship really, really well. And yeah, the atmosphere is fantastic as well. And it's, yeah, it's just a relationship between Batman and Joker and again, I thought it was just handled perfectly as like a, the beginnings of that relationship. Yeah, no, I, I, I thought the, um, obviously we spoke about a previous podcast, but the statue twist, I thought was interesting with the uh, collector's item, the fact that you could switch the black mask's head with the Joker. I thought that was uh, mm. very interesting. Like people found a secret compartment, which actually revealed part of the plot. It was very interesting to see. Mm. I do agree with you that our origins, I think because it was just developed by a different studio and it did feel a bit more bare than um, the other games which was interesting, even though I thought the story was brilliant. Mm. Uh, I'd love to see if they, you know, do something like that again in the future. Obviously, I believe they're doing Gotham Knights now, so um, it'd be nice to see that they're continuing on. I believe it's set in the Arkham universe still, or it's set in, like, a time where Batman is gone, so it'd be nice to see what they do with that, to be honest. But I definitely agree, Origins is very good. Right, going on to my final two now, uh, is Spider-Man and God of War the recent PlayStation games. So Spider-Man, I'm just going to go off with saying this, that it was amazing. Now I'm going to preface this as Spider-Man and, My and Miles Morales, which even though Miles Morales was sold as a separate game, I think the I think they are one long story because it does have, they are intertwined essentially. I don't know if you guys have played the Spider-Man games at all. Nope. I've only played Spider-Man 2, but it was one of the best games I have played in. So a while yeah. ago now then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so obviously the, the mechanics of the game was amazing, like no doubt about it. And I think the narrative of the game was amazing. Like it, it has their own version of the Sinister Six. You work with Otto Octavius in the first in the Spider-Man game, uh, but he's losing funding and he's he's becoming desperate. And then he starts working for the bad guys and it goes on that. And then it comes to the end of the game. There's this big um, virus out there. The city's in lockdown. Everything's going to shit. And um, Peter has to go up against the Sinister Six and get the antivirus, essentially. And it gets to the final fight between um, Spider-Man and Oc Doc Ock. But Spider-Man creates this, his, this like unique suit, like the anti-Doc the anti Ock suit. It's like this black and yellow suit. It's very awesome. And you go to the tower to fight him, and it's revealed that he knew that you were Spider-Man the entire time. It's like, oh, no, I've known you were Spider-Man the entire time. And Peter just loses his shit. 
and he beats the living shit into him and, he, and they're falling down the side of a building and he's so angry so angry and it's just yeah and it has a really sad ending like really sad like there's only one vial of the antivirus left and um his aunt may is sick in the, in the hospital and it would take too long to create more versions of the antivirus 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 so he goes there to like you know administer it he has to decide he's going to give it to his aunt or save the city and it's a, it's at that point that basically uh she reveals that she's known he's been spider-man for a while she asks him to take his mask off so he can see her nephew essentially and it was so so emotional and like, I, te- I, te- I did tear up it was like you know and and he loses her in the game he he loses her uh, and he's 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 lost his aunt and his uncle now, and I thought that was just it was just insane how that went. To be honest, how honestly that went um, ties into Miles Morales as well, because obviously in the first Spider-Man game, Miles Morales loses his father, and he gets this uh, he gets the spider abilities at the end of the game. Uh, there's a funny line at the end of the game where um, Peter thinks he wants to talk to him about puberty, but it's just about he he has weird powers emerging and it's just a hilarious line. But Miles Morales deals with like Peter going off to Europe for a, f- uh, for a few months and him taking over and basically saying, you're not a Spider-Man, you're the Spider-Man. You know, there could be multiple versions. And it's him dealing with, the ci- again, the city, um, having the, this massive issue going on. But he's also dealing with his uncle as a bad guy. And there's like ramifications there going on, and also it eventually deals with his someone he, close. I'm not going to spoil it in case you do play it eventually. Someone close to him being the bad guy as well. And I think visually that game is just stunning, and it has a spider. Actually, ironically, it does have a Spider-Man two moment at the end of the game. Uh, if you play the game, you'll know the exact moment I'm going on about. But um, I think it's very like heartfelt and very emotional. I think. When the PS5 came out, a lot of people were playing Miles Morales. I think that was the first game people were just playing, just trying to get out there and play it. And I think those two games were just amazing, to be honest, for the stories and what they've done for it. I'm really looking forward to see where it goes in the sequel, because I know um, Venom's in the sequel, and that's an entire thing set up in the first one. So Harry's supposed to be, like, you know, on in Europe and everything, but it turns out he's got this incurable disease, and Norman is keeping him in a vat. Uh, and he's got a... a basically Norman Osborn and Kirk Connors, I believe it's Kirk Connors, have created Venom. So it's sort of following the ultimate Spider-Man and um, they are, and that's how Venom's going to come into it. That I believe that's how it's going to be. They might retcon it, but you know, who knows? Uh, I, yeah, I just recommend playing it, people. I really do. Obviously there were spoilers for this, but it's just still such a lovely game. It's like 20 hours for the first game and then like, you know, 10 hours for the second one. So it's a good length. Uh, going on to the, my final one, that was God of War. Uh, this is like Kratos. I I wasn't a fan of I I wasn't a fan of the original God of War games. Uh, I just wasn't into them. But I played the PlayStation Four cup re- the PlayStation Four soft reboot essentially or yeah story continuation because it does directly continue on from the third game. Uh, and it's him dealing with um having to take his wife's ashes to the mountain of the giants, and it's this entire story of father and son and the ramifications that go with that. But it also deals with his son, because obviously Kratos is a god. Um, it's his son is ill in this game. He's been weak and he's been ill. And it's dealing with these ideas of like, you know, uh, 
is he going to be strong enough? Is he going to be... He becomes... But his, his anger starts coming through. Like, Kratos' anger starts showing within him and just going through that game. But also, there's an... And obviously, it's, very, it's based on Norse mythology. Now, if you know Norse mythology, you know that a certain character in Norse mythology is a giant or an ice giant, essentially. It's found out at the end of the game that um, Atreus uh, is named after a, um, a friend of Kratos. Uh, that Kratos was friends with back in the day. But it turns out his other name, when he gets to the top of the mountain, is Loki. Turns out his the ice giant version of his name is Loki. And there's a tapestry that shows the entire events that have happened up until this point of the game. Like the giants predicted, foretold what was going on. And um, it got to the end of the game. And then it turns out that Kratos looks under a sheet and he sees he's him dying in Atreus's arms and it's like does Atreus kill him or is he just dying to sacrifice himself but it gets to the end of this game and you get to the top of the mountain you release the the wife's ashes because she was a giant uh and uh basically you uh release the ashes on top of the mountain and then you go and you find that he's Loki right at the end of the game though Thor appears like you don't see him you just see him come down it look it's like a nightmare you think but it's actually real and he just comes in front of this little shack and he, the hammer appears, lightning hammer on his waist, and then it just ends. And I'm still really hoping that Ragnarok comes out this year because I've been waiting to play that game for so long. And I'm really, I honestly, God of War is amazing. The Valkyries in the game can fuck off, especially the Queen Valkyrie. It's like the final boss of defeating the Moorish. I've just, I never completed her. But um, there's the whole world serpent is in it as well. There's dwarf uh, forgers to brothers in that game. Uh, there's like side characters. There's like um, other uh, family members. Uh, Tyr, uh, Tyr is mentioned. Uh, he's a Norse or Norse god, I believe, and he will be in the second one. Uh, there was in a trailer, but I'm looking forward to see where it goes with him. Because uh, they, because a lot of people thought that Tyr was Kratos originally, but turns out he's not. So yeah, that's uh, that's my final game, and honestly, it's such a good story. Such such a good story. But that is all of our lists, people. That is all of our lists for our favourite stories in games. And what a list it was. Uh, with the hammering in the background at the beginning, the recording, and all the lovely news items that came through. Ironically, a quick news item that just came in was they've actually got the writer for the Ghost of Tsushima game. Trust that to come out as we after we've spoke about the uh, news topics. But um, Takashi Dosha is set to write the screenplay for Sony Pictures and PlayStation Productions third annotation of the ghost of tsushima i don't uh and chad uh Stahint, uh stahisky uh the director of um uh john wake is also directing that so i'm just wondering you know how it's going to play out because uncharted was okay uh i know fergus was eh, with it uh <laughs> but they'll be interested to see but yes people that was the news and a tiny little news bit tidbit at the end and that was the main topic. But we are now going to go to the end credits, people. It is the end of the show. It is the end of the show. If you'd like to get in contact with us for any questions, queries, uh, you know, compliments, give us a rating on Spotify or iTunes, please email us at nmipodcast.outlook.com. That's nmipodcast.outlook.com. We'll include the link in the Spotify and iTunes. Uh, please also follow us on Twitter and or Instagram at nmicast. That's Twitter and Instagram at nmicast. Uh, please uh, follow us on and listen to us on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, search for us at NMI dash when you need more info. That's NMI dash when you need more info. Also find us on YouTube as well. 
uh, come back next week when we're going to be opening our minds and thinking about and our and our hearty bellies as we talk about what our favourite sitcoms have been. Ironically, this week's was James's topic, and next week will be James's topic as well. Uh, and we, I'm definitely got. Uh, I'm hoping people could predict one of my favourite sitcoms because uh, I've spoke about it in past podcasts. So go back and listen there and uh, pick out what I might be talking about. And email it into us. So yes, I've been your host Nate. I want to thank Fergus and James for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, cheers. Be good. Right, and uh, I will see you next week, people. Keep safe, everyone, and we will speak to you later. Stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye.